Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The health minister has confirmed full public funding for a cycle of IVF for eligible couples. Now remember, it's for eligible couples, so there's a criteria to it. Both IVF and IUI treatments will be available under this expansion scheme. A little science lesson, IVF is when you take the egg and the sperm and play some romantic music and mix them into an embryo and then implant them back into a woman. And the IUI is where the sperm is put into the woman by professional medicals or medical professionals, as opposed to the old-fashioned way. Different people undergo different treatments depending on their fertility issues or specific requirements. Anyway, Ireland is one of a very tiny number of countries across the European Union that does not publicly fund fertility treatment. So this should be celebrated. However, there's a bit of a catch. Isn't there always a bit of a catch? Or rather, there's a strict criteria. The age limit is 41, which is similar to the age limit for adoption and uh, for men up to the age of 60. Uh, eligible couples must have no living children from the existing relationship and include at least one partner with no living child. A couple or individual with no, uh, which will not be eligible for publicly funded AHR treatment if either has had voluntary sterilisation. And the recommendations have come through an expert group similar to the NHS in the UK and large parts of Europe. However, some of the criteria for access has been met with a lot of criticism. And here to tell us a little bit more about it is Senator, Labour Senator Maria Sherlock. Maria, good afternoon, Joe. Good evening to you. Sorry, I always get good mixed up with the Good evening to you of the day. and to all your listeners. Uh, Maria, I mean, th- there's a lot of criticism of this about the criteria being set out. Now, I suppose it can't be a free-for-all. And uh, as we have it at the moment, there are some selected couples that get it through the the Harry Clinic, I believe, up in the Rotunda to a charity organisation. But this will be, and is it just one round you can get for free or can you get multiple rounds? Because we all know it doesn't work first time in most cases. Yeah, so look, I think the first thing to say, Niall, is that, look, it's a momentous day for those of us campaigning for many years now for free um, IVF services in, in, in this country, publicly funded IVF services in this country. There are so many people who've waited many years, have delayed decisions mm-hmm. with, regard, you know, you? with regards to all these apps, you know, I, 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 you know I, I suppose because they couldn't afford themselves to go privately. So look, it is to be hugely welcomed. And I suppose for us, um, you know, it is a very positive step. There are a few concerns, though. Um, as to how it will how it will work, and mm-hmm. I suppose for for us when we look at the criteria, I see that you know with particularly with regards to age, so a woman has to be under the age of forty one. We know in the UK we understand it's it, the cutoff age is forty three, and and secondly as well in terms of uh, you know a woman's BMI index or the body mass index has to be less than thirty. And I suppose what kind of strikes me about that is that. Obviously, there will be some people who will uh, be appropriate for um, mm-hmm. for, for, for IVF or, or, or ICSI um, treatment, and other people, you know, clinically just won't be won't be able for it. But but to kind of set and up and why why are the, I, I'm I'm wondering what the scientific Marie what the scientific explanation for that is. The 41 well, well, is similar to adoption. 41 is for adoption as well, isn't it? The Adoption Association they they also insist on under 41. Um, but in relation to, you know, this idea of the BMI, is this to do with the fact that it's more difficult to get pregnant if you're overweight or or what? what is the reasoning behind that? Yeah, 
Well, well I, I think the first thing to say to you, Niall, is that, like, ultimately, to my mind, and if you were to go to any private clinic in this country, they won't reject you if you walk in the door and your BMI is over 30. No. They're going to look at all your factors, right? So, yeah, your health, etc. The question has yeah. to be asked. Exactly. So it's an overall health assessment. Uh, and so I suppose the question has to be asked, well, you know, if, if any private provider is not going to put up a criteria like age or or, or, or body mass, why are we doing this in the public system? So that to me is the first thing. But the second, to answer your question directly, so we, we know that some of the conditions associated with, uh, well, sorry, sorry, to answer your question, yes, like is it, it, it you know, I suppose some of the research suggests that those who are, you know, clinically obese find it harder to get pregnant. But no, that's not, it's not black and white. There no. are plenty of people walking around who, you know, carry weight and are and find it very easy to get pregnant. And there are other people who don't have a pick on them and, and find it very difficult. You know, so so it's it, 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 it's not straightforward. Yeah. But I suppose by and large, it is recommended that you're, you know, that you you have, you know, what I might call quote unquote normal body mass index. Well, I suppose that, when a woman when a woman goes to the doctor and can't get pregnant or is finding it difficult. I suppose the first thing a doctor would always say was lose a bit of weight, stop smoking, don't be drinking. You know, it, 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 yeah, exactly. But 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 I suppose there's a, there's a crucial point though about some of the conditions uh, where um, infertility is associated. Some of the conditions that uh, where where infertility is is a consequence of that condition. And if we think of let's say PCOS, right, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is um, you know very common amongst those who find it difficult to get pregnant, that can often be associated with a higher body mass index. Now, look, I'm not a, I'm not a clinician, I'm not a medic, mm. but like, as in, you know, I've spent a lot of time looking at these things over the years. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, for, for so, so for 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 certain people, their condition means that they actually tend to have a higher body mass index. And so, it seems strange to me then that we would set that 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 a criteria would be set down a cutoff point. Uh, saying, well, actually, if you come to the door and have a body mass index over 30, you know, you just you're just not eligible at all for for, mm. for the there should possibly be a recommendation system here whereby you go to well, your local GP, he examines you, and even if your BMI is a little bit higher than it should be, you're in perfectly healthy condition. Well, then the but, doctor can recommend you for so surely that should be the way it should uh, be done. Well, 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 look, that's precisely what my argument would be. And again, going back to that point, if I was to walk into a private, you know, if anybody was to walk into a private clinic in the morning and their BMI was 31 or 32, the private clinic's not going to turn around and say to them, oh, you shouldn't be here. You know, they're going to look at all the factors. Mm. So, so I'm just not, I'm not convinced and I, and I would like to hear more from the experts about the, 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 the you know, the, the recommendations relating to age and in particular BMI. But I think look, to focus on the positive, um, you know, this will I- I enable all those who uh, do not have a child in the relationship, in the current relationship. So you might have children from a previous relationship, but it's, it's, it's the, the current couple not having a child, they are eligible for um uh, for for this scheme mm. um and uh and, and and they can only have taken undertaken one previous IVF cycle so there are plenty of people out there who've undertaken multiple IVF cycles and they will not be eligible for this and I and I'm assuming the reason for that is the government don't want to be I know to say throwing money down the drain, but essentially spending money on what may not work out where they could be spending it on somebody who's more likely to get pregnant. I'm assuming that's yeah, because it's a limited budget. But, 
Well, yeah. They, well, look, there's a limited budget to everything, right? But I suppose the other the other reality is is that like then the probabilities of it happening first time around, you know, are are not are not huge, you know. And it's only through. Do you have to be married, by the way? Or do you have to be married? Uh, no, I, I don't believe you do. No, but uh, no, you have to prove my understanding um, is that you have to be in a relationship for at least one year. Okay. So you have to just prove that. Uh, 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 yeah. So and, 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 and there's also a, um, a kind of a self-declaration form that you're going to care for the child. But, you know, I'm so, assuming that so, relationship so, so, can be a same sex relationship as well, if it's, you know, well, two well, women. Well, 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 well this, is, this is the, the bone of contention. OK, so any couple. Uh, or individual, and of course there are women out there, who, you know, who decide to go it alone. Anybody who's reliant on donor um, uh, sperm or eggs, and of course that could be a heterosexual couple or a homosexual couple, um, because you know sometimes yeah. Uh, yeah. male female couple, you know, re- rely on, on on donor eggs as well, or indeed donor sperm. But 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 anybody who's reliant on donor sperm or eggs will not qualify under the scheme for now. And, okay. and so, in, so in other words, a, a same-sex lesbian couple don't qualify, is what you're saying? No, they don't. Yeah. And and uh, for, for now, and I know that has been a huge disappointment to 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 to, to, to certain. No, but I, I understand the reasoning and, behind it. I do understand. Well, maybe well, it's not well, fair. Well, it doesn't well, seem well, fair, but well, 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 no. Well, the, well, the reasoning actually relates to the government. So, so in this country, we have a number of private fertility clinics. Um, and we don't have strong regulation around assisted human reproduction technology in this country. Um, there are certain regulations, but we don't have an overall framework. And there's been a call for many, many years to ensure that we have a strong regulatory framework. Because if you think about it in terms of, you know, what um, what goes on in terms of, you know, fusing the the the, the, the sperm and the egg and 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 and, and all of that. Like, isn't you know, there have to be strong regulatory conditions in terms of how people are treated in these clinics. So there's been a call for a long time. The government eventually published legislation early last year, and it is effectively ground to a halt. And and I suppose the government will not make provision for same-sex couples or those or sorry for anybody reliant on donor sperm or eggs. Uh, under the publicly funded IVF scheme until this new legislation goes through. We're very, we're very and, slow and in this country to produce legislation around this situation. I mean, the same goes for surrogacy uh, and all sorts of other things. Well, so, so, so that has been part of the issue, right? Yeah. Because surrogacy was going to be covered under this bill and, and, and obviously that has been a very sensitive issue. But, you know, the government has a clear path now. The government has made a decision as to what it's going to do on surrogacy, which is the retrospective recognition of surrogacy undertaken abroad. Um, but they've yet to legislate for it. And I suppose this is a source of frustration to, I know, many people out there who, you know, would like to be treated like, you know, everybody else who's eligible for the publicly funded IVF schemes. Right, so, okay. so the, uh, you know, I think that's certainly important. The, the other thing is the age. Now, I suppose the age, going back to 20 years ago, wouldn't have been an issue. But nowadays, so many women, the average age for a woman to have her first child going back 20, 30 years ago was 21 years of age. Now it's 32. So we see a lot of women holding out, you know, following their career paths, maybe putting their eggs on hold. They could, as you know, you can have them frozen and everything nowadays. So we're seeing women delaying that first child uh, for obvious reasons. Um, because of the cost of living, I suppose, more than anything else. Uh, we're seeing it delaying. So women are trying later in life to have a child. And if they're having difficulty, that can take a number of years. So some are saying the 41 is a bit young. I don't know whether I think it's a bit young or not, because then again, you don't want to be fifty having a child either, you know. So, oh, so oh, well, well, can I can I interrupt you there, now for a second, right? Yeah, You'd yeah. be interested to know that the maximum age for a male is 
59 years and 364 days. So yeah, just yeah, but we don't have to. We don't have birthday. to carry them. There's a bit of a difference. We don't have to carry the oh, well, child. Well, I know, but you still have to be a father to the child. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, when they're born. So the thing is, look, I suppose ultimately, right? And, and look, so so I think with regards to the age, the first thing to say is with regards to fertility. You know, it's the age of the. You know, the, the your biological age can be very different to the age of your ovaries. There's there's women in their mid thirties who've got a very low ovarian reserve. And there's people in their mid 40s who've got a very high ovarian reserve. So, mm-hmm. so age again is a crude measure, right, of who is suitable um, for uh, who is suitable for um, for IVF. And look, you know, in terms of the cutoff, like as I say, I understand in, in Britain the the age is actually higher at 43. But uh, like uh, ultimately, I think th- there would be people frustrated by the age. Now, it, it is important to say to any of your listeners who are thinking of undergoing this. What will happen is anybody who applies up to um, the day before their 41st birthday, they then will remain eligible for whatever length of time after that. So you don't time out as such. All right. But that's not so bad. So that is it. Yeah. Well, that's not so bad. yeah, uh, although I do get so your I, point about man mind, by the way. That's a drop the mic moment. <laughs> so I do do get your yeah, point. No, you're fine. But, but I suppose it is striking to me that like 60 I know, is quite, I know. you know, like it's, well, it's, your men uh, can father children up to the age of 90. You know that. Oh, well, sure, I know. I know. That's, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. And, so some, of, and some of them do, like Mick Jagger, for example. But they, Absolutely. They, you know, yeah. Absolutely. But look, you are but right. I, it is something to celebrate. Now, I know Simon Harris was promising this two years ago and it didn't happen. And I think the Minister for Health before that, I think Leo Varadkar, actually, when he was, like, he promised in 2016, and I remember it well, 2016, uh, I think many people's hearts soared when there was a commitment to publicly funding IVF in this country. Mm. So we've been waiting seven years. So who, you know, have, we, who have we got to thank for that? James Riley, Leo Varadkar? I'm trying to remember who 2016 well, was. Yeah, well, the whole, well, yeah, I think just, it was Leo Varadkar as he should... Or, yeah, he, he, he he his commitment at the time, yeah. you know. But, uh, okay. but yeah, look, the thing is, uh, look, I, I suppose people have been waiting a long time and it'll, it'll be in place this September. Um, unfortunately, the state is going to be relying on private clinics to provide the service up mm. until uh, for, at the start, which I think is a missed opportunity that the government hasn't got its act together. They hope to open a public clinic next year. Um, but I think, it, you know, at, for the time being, we're reliant on, on the private clinics. And you I know, was going to say that, so, so it's going to be delivered to the private clinics, the private fraternity yeah, clinics. Yeah, and, 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 and look, and, you know, this is, the, this is the thing about our health system, you know, that like we, we end up relying on... Uh, for public services, so we do, on we do that. We should we do that on everything. We do it in housing. We do it with everything. We rely on private well, landlords, well, for God's sake. Yeah, and you're you paying, and you're paying all the more. So, like yeah. again, I, I I'd have to kind of ask, what, what has the government been doing? You know, like they've been doing lots, but but they they've known about this for a considerable period of time. They could have got their act together mm. and actually ensured that this is going to be delivered through publicly funded. Uh, way, do, through, do you, public units. Do you have the stats in relation to Ireland? Are we more infertile than other countries? Or are we kind of average in this country? Or yeah, is infertility becoming question. more of a problem than it ever was yeah, before? I, 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 let me be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure if Ireland is an outlier, but we know that about one in six couples in Ireland, and I think it's the same in Britain, um, uh, experience infertility. And of that, about one quarter, about 25%, of those who experience infertility have what we call unexplained infertility. So there is no known cause. Mm. Um, and, and, and you know, it's important that they're provi- facilitated. Um, there was some confusion this morning because we, we had understood that 
those with unexplained infertility were going to be excluded from the scheme, but we understand now that actually they are going to be included in the scheme, which is, again, very positive. So, and is there, so, is there but, a budget or a maximum budget per year for this? I mean, will there be an allowance of X amount of million for this per year or is it just going to be, well, we'll take all the applications and we'll see who qualifies? Because obviously the first year is going to be the more popular because everybody who's been waiting for this to happen are, are going to apply for it. Yeah, well, look, I, I, if, if there's a figure that was published today, I haven't seen it yet or I haven't seen, uh, you know, it hasn't been circulated. Look, obviously there will be a funding stream for, for this scheme. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what exactly the take-up is going to be. Um, but ultimately, uh, I, I, I suppose it's like, you know, it has to be considered like many other of the health services, you know, that it, 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 it's part and parcel. Mm. It needs to be just part and parcel of our health service. Mm. And, um, and, and I suppose what we, what we don't understand or have an understanding of yet is what the state is going to be paying the private clinics for the public service. Yeah, we're not very I mean, good at looking be... after women in this country when it comes to health, really. We've ignored, when I say we've ignored women, there are certain issues that if they had been men's issues, and I'm sounding like a right feminist here, but they would have been sorted out much quicker. Yeah, well, look, there's enormous work to be done, like as in uh, with regards to women's reproductive health, particularly endometriosis, menopause. There's Menopause, so much, the big uh, one. We only talked the other day to, to Quiva Hartley in relation to this. You know, I mean, we still have women paying through the nose for testosterone or HRT. Yeah. Or, and, you know, yeah. in other countries, they get it for free. You know, it, it's, yeah. it should be basic health care at this stage because, I mean, we don't want women to be suffering over the age of 45. So, I mean, but yet we're still making them suffer, unfortunately, because, well, unless, unless well, they have the money. Well, I, yeah, well, I suppose it's it's a failure to recognise that, like, is in that you know uh, every woman will go through through this at some stage in her life, and 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 that they need to be supported. And I think there is, you know, that that the state has very much been found wanting with regards to supporting women, uh, you know, uh, both through the health system but also through the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's only through you know public pressure that we can begin to change that over future years. Well, look, thank you very much indeed for explaining all that to us. I'm sure there's some many happy couples there. We're going to take a couple of calls on it in a few minutes, but I do appreciate you coming on the air to talk to, talk to us, Senator Marie Sherlock. Thank you very much indeed uh, for talking to thank us. Thank you. Pleasure. All right. Now, we want to put it out to you, by the way, as well. Um, now, there is criteria in there to this. 41 years of age, they're talking about a certain BMI. Um, you can't, or you have to have a partner. That's the bottom line. No, somebody texts in and says, I'm single. Why can't I? Because you can't. Because then you have to use a donor egg if you're single. So you have to prove you're in a relationship, according to what Marie said, you have to prove you're in a relationship for at least a year. Similar to, you know, being recognised as being in a relationship for marriage, for example. You have to be able to prove you're in a relationship. Um, So, eligible couples must have no living children from existing relationships or the existing relationship and include at least one partner with no living child. All right, so between the two of you together, if you have it in a previous relationship, that's fine. But between the two of you together, you must have no children. Um, you must not have gone for IVF before. In other words, if you went for IVF before a few times and it's failed, the government will not fund you for free this time around. Now, here's the argument. And literally, I got a text in there 10 minutes ago. And the text was quite simple and basic. Why should I be paying for somebody else to have children? Uh, so, in other words, m- you know, as a taxpayer, because this is going to cost a substantial amount of money. Now, remember, of course, I'm not trying to throw the cat among the pigeons here. I'm just, you know, I'm just being open about it. It's four to six and a half thousand. I'm celebrating this. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a wonderful idea because I'm really saddened. It saddens me greatly that, you know, a young couple who want to have a child and want to have a family can't do that. And if they can't afford to do it, it's just for the rich. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, that you need four to six thousand. That's probably the minimum. You might have to do it two or three times. 
Now, the state are not going to pay for you to do it two or three times, I imagine. It'll be just the once. And if it works first time for you, well, great. Um, I don't imagine they're going to do it two or three times. So, here's the question. Should it be free? There are still people who believe it shouldn't. I don't understand you, but maybe you can come on and explain it to me. Let me know that the uh, answer to that question. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Also, should they be discriminating against people over the age of 41? Maybe you're over 41 and you had a child. You know, and you don't think over 41 is too old. Now, remember what Marie said. If you do apply before the age of 41, you're not going to cut off, get cut off the, the scheme then. Also, in relation to the BMI, I suppose the most criticised fact of this today was that if you're over a certain BMI... Now, we all know, by the way, what the word clinically obese means. All right, you can go to a doctor, feel like you have a little bit of a belly, a small belly, and the doctor will tell you you're clinically obese. You don't look clinically obese. Well, clinically obese to me is somebody who literally can't walk. That's what it sounds like, but it's not. Just being overweight can make you clinically obese. I could be clinically obese and I'm only 12 stone because i got a belly going on there. Is it unfair to discriminate against people who might be perfectly healthy otherwise just because they might be carrying a little bit of weight? Is the criteria generally unfair? And that's one aspect of it. And the other question is, you, as a taxpayer, are you happy to pay for it? Are you happy to pay for other people who can't have children, who find it difficult to have children? Are you happy as a taxpayer that your money is going to help them create a family? The number is 87 Now, let me go to Jerry. Jerry, hi, how are you? How are we? Good. Jerry, now, uh, do you, uh, first, are you happy enough to see this happening? I mean, it's a good positive step, is it? No, yes. No, no, no. Yes. I think it is. Uh, you know, I was just reading the paper there yesterday's Times, uh, the situation in China, when they reversed their, uh, you know, their, what's the word? Uh, oh, the one child rule. Thing. They had one child rule there yeah. during the 70s and 80s. Now, they reversed that decision, and I think they're allowed two children now. But what they have is a situation in China where, they're actually out of workforce, they're out of people, you know, which is crazy. I know China's got a population of, I don't know, many billion at this stage. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're reversing their decisions. I think a lot of other countries in Europe and around the world do encourage IVF uh, for people that can't have children. And, you know, a lot of people can't afford it. Some people can afford it, I think. But at the end of the day, if the state coughs up, you know, we have then got in 20 years' time, 30 years' time, hopefully a good, healthy workforce. and A good, healthy taxpayer. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it, all, it all boils down to... It does, because what they did in China, when you think people. about it, logically, was quite stupid. I mean, to restrict families mm-hmm. to have one child, that means yeah. in a generation you're going to have an old population uh, because right. you've no young people. So, and, and they did yeah. the same in Japan, by the way, and they did, or didn't restrict it. But in Japan, the, the, for some reason, relationships seem to fall apart. And they didn't, they, they were very old, the population is getting older. Germany, the same thing was happening as well. The population was getting older. And we're experiencing that here in Ireland too. Um, you know, we've right. gone from having five and six kids in Ireland down to having, you know, one or two now. So we're seeing yeah, populations dropping, you know, in Western countries, particularly. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Personally, uh, you know, it, it's probably not before its time. Uh, I'm glad to see the government stepping up to the mark. Uh, I'm hearing different reports about different restrictions and sort of thing. My own view on that is that, you know, if the doctor refers you to the to, to this clinic that, that's going to be set up or, or is set up, you should be, the doctor should be the one to make the decision whether or not he feels that the person involved or people involved are of childbearing, not even childbearing age, but childbearing health. You know, if they're healthy enough to have children, and let's face it, you know, women are having children into their 40s now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no expert, but I know it's, it used to be up to 40 was the kind of cutoff point. Mm. But I think that that has changed. If the person is healthy and there's a good chance the child is going to be healthy as well, 
I don't see I don't see you know it being a problem. Well, see, forty one. The reason they chose forty one was because it's the same age the NHS use, and it's the same age we use for the adoption cutoff. You can't adopt over the age of forty one either, as far as I know. So I think that's why they okay. use that age. I said years ago they used to refer to parents who had children, you know, over the age of fifty as geriatric parents, and which makes you sound really old, to be honest yeah. with you. But yeah, in, in course, fairness, yeah. who wants to be running after a five year old at fifty five years of age or fifty years of age? You know what I mean? So. Oh. True indeed. True yeah. indeed. Our friends have had children in their seventies, and they're, you know, they're ten-year-olds now. They're in their eighties. Seventies. Uh, so, wow. So, yeah. 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 I've had friends. Yeah. Well, the man yeah. would be yeah, seventy. Certainly, friends. the woman wouldn't be seventy having a child, would no, she? No. 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 It was the man. It was <laughs> yeah. the man. Yeah. It was the man. No. I couldn't imagine <laughs> that. We'll, we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Ed. Ed. Hi. How are you? Ed. Pick up the phone. Jeez. Ed is listening to the radio in the background. He's hearing himself ten seconds ago. Oh God. Ed. How are you now? How are things? Yeah, uh, don't be listening to the radio in the background. It'll only confuse you. Oh, oh Jesus, he's gone again. He's, see, he's waiting for me to respond to him on the radio. Yeah. Uh, Jerry. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Ed, yeah, Ed, are you there now? Will you stop listening to the radio in the background because it's just confusing oh, you? Oh. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to have to oh, do. Can you hear me? <sighs> it's getting so frustrating now. Ed, will you turn off the radio? Hello. Ed. How are you? Hello. I can hear you. Okay. Well, talk away, Ed. Right. We're going to have to come back to Ed. For some reason, Ed is just not with us at all. He's with the Woolwich, I think. Um, so, Jerry, Ed's point was he was going to make the point that he didn't actually agree with us uh, because I'm assuming because it's taxpayers' money. What do you say to people that say, well, I don't want to be funding somebody else, somebody else's child, essentially? I... Would disagree with that entirely because you know, like as I said earlier on, the conversation. Yeah, some sorry. people can't afford the, the IVF. I, I believe it can be up to ten thousand euros. Uh, now, there's there's a lot of procedures you can get on the uh, you know the health board system to pay for, uh, and I think you know IVF it should be one of them. Uh, I don't think it should be excluded uh, from the taxpayer. You know, the taxpayer pays for lots of things. As I said earlier on, like we need a workforce in in years to come. Mm. Uh, so that's it's all. It all pays back. You know what I mean. If you have somebody that's uh, brought up in the country, they will give back to the country at some stage. That's the way it works. Yeah. Well, hang on. Let me let me see if I got Ed back again. Ed, can you can you hear me now, Ed? No, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Fine. Great stuff. Yeah, great do, stuff. You need to turn off that radio, sorry won't you? That. No, it's okay. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. Um. Yeah. Before, just for make, I want to make two quick comments before I reply. Chatting. Firstly, is that uh, for any couple out there who cannot have children, my condolences. I'm sorry. It's you know, it's a mother nature in a weird sort of way, and I feel very sorry for them. That's the first thing. Right. The second thing I want to make is that there is no way that taxpayer money should be used for fertility treatment or IVF treatment for them. Why? If there is a charity out there who wants to support them, that's fine. Mm. But I've been a taxpayer all my life, and I think that my tax should be going to a more worthy cause, like our elderly, like our hospitals, like our public service, like our education, um, like our hospitals. Do you, do you not consider? I feel very sorry for okay. these people. Do you not consider it to be healthcare? You know who are struggling. If they want to have children, there are many, many other options open to them, which is adoption. But Ed, do you, Ed, yeah, Ed, yeah, Ed, do you not consider it to be healthcare? Um, it is healthcare, but like so is cataracts, 
So is cardiac. So yeah, I know. And, and, so and, and, yeah, and you'll, and you'll get all of those paid for by the state. Yeah, but you're, Ed, you're not listening. So there are people out struggling. Oh, yeah, no, there are Ed people there. Me, Ed. There are people out there struggling. Ed. To survive and to live. Ed. I could say living. There's yes, two sir. ends of the phone. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just sort of saying. The, the thing about it is we pay for all those other things you just mentioned. Cancer, cataract surgery. We pay for all those. So why wouldn't you pay yeah. for IVF? Because, it's, again, it's, it's just something that it's not a life-threatening illness for these people. It's, it's depriving them of the chance of having a child. And I understand that. But it's not life-threatening. It, well, it, but it may, not, it may not be life-threatening as such in a physical sense. But for many women out there, I mean, it can cause a massive mental health problem. Absolutely. So I would rather see these unfortunate women or unfortunate fathers, possible fathers or hopefully fathers, who cannot conceive a child. I would like to see them being supported by the government in some form or way and be encouraged to adopt people, adopt children. From where? There are many, many children out there to fulfil their life. Where, where, hold on, where, where's the children to adopt? Where are they? There are many. Uh, no, come on. Come on. No, no, no. Come on, Ed. Where are the many children to adopt? There are many, be it in Ireland, foreign countries. There are many children being adopted. I, I'm talking, well, let's stick to Ireland, okay? Foreign countries is not our business. Let's stick to Ireland. Okay. okay. No, there isn't children in Ireland to be adopted. We're going to go into another realm, We're going to go into another realm here, which you might, your show might not be in, in tune for tonight, which is going back to the abortion law. So many women in Ireland are now seeking abortion yeah. because they know the prospects of raising a child they cannot face. And I understand that. Yeah. And they're traveling abroad. And they still are traveling abroad. You know that. And I know that. Okay. Because you know that. Yeah, but what's that got to do with adoption? If these, if these women were, there was early intervention to say, hey, look, we have a couple here who cannot have a child. We will support you through your pregnancy. When the child is born, the government will support you. You will have your child. This couple, this couple will adopt the child. Okay, but Ed, Ed, with the greatest respect, Ed, if you're talking about essentially that mother then surrogating a child for, for a couple who can't have a child, that's still going to cost the state money. So what's the difference? Not really. Not really. Because of course it will. I mean, if you're telling a woman who wants to have a termination of pregnancy at 12 weeks, listen, if you keep your baby, we'll support you throughout your pregnancy financially and otherwise and all your doctor's appointments and everything else, and this couple here will adopt your child, you're going to have to pay her. You can't just expect okay. to do it for nothing. You, no, if she was to if she was to carry on through her pregnancy as normal, yeah, that they, they would provide for her with her doctor's care, her medical care, or whatever they compensate her, yeah, women. for being pregnant and and say time off work. Wouldn't that compensate? I wouldn't use that word. Well, then, well, then, well, then she's not going to bother keeping the pregnancy. Why would she? There's nothing in it for her. But they're going to they're going to. That's what I'm saying. That's where you need the mental health services to come in, the HSE to come in and say, "Come on, love. Okay. Look, at, we have we, we can yeah, look after this child for you." Okay, they're, they're two separate issues, right? And and I understand the point. I understand the point you're trying to make. And I, by the way, I do agree there should be more supports for pregnant women. You know, because the last thing we want to see is women having a termination of pregnancy if they don't need to or don't want to, right? Um, so there should be more supports to help women who are in a financial situation or in a situation where they find it difficult to continue a pregnancy. But getting back to this particular issue, you know, that's that's going to cost money anyway to do that. What difference does it make if we spend the money on IVF? It's only one round, four and a half grand, six grand is the max. So it's, so it's one round of IVF for a couple that qualify. What's the big deal? Which is not guaranteed. Well, it's not guaranteed, no, but but that's it. They only get one. Yeah, but again, and again, the rule is, why, why is the 41? You know, what's this 41 shit? 
Well, you don't agree you with know, it at all. So what difference? You can't come. If you're well, being well, biased. Well, you don't agree you, with it at all, Eddie. So what difference does forty-one make to you? No, it's absolutely. You could have a forty-five-year-old couple who have are very affluent, who can offer a child great life. Because of, yeah, yeah, but the reason it's forty-one is because it's unlikely a woman's going to get pregnant after that. It's less likely. Well, yeah, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. But if it did happen, and that child came into the world yeah, but you, but, and was cared for by yeah, but parents. now you're contradicting yourself because either way, you said you're not interested in paying for it anyway. So it doesn't matter whether they're forty, no, forty-one, or thirty-one. I don't want favourites. I know, yeah. I don't want favourites. So there you go, Jerry. He doesn't want to pay for it, Jerry. Well, he doesn't have to, you know. Personally, the health system is spending billions on on healthcare overall. It's not just uh, and I'm paying tax into the health service. And I, and here's your brother. I'm paying tax too. But I think, you know, in fairness, we should include everybody that has any issues with health. And not having a child is an issue with health. You know what I mean? They need they need some help from the government, from the state. That's my opinion on it. I think it's only fair. Okay, I di- I disagree with you. I disagree with you, Larry, and I respect your views. You're, you're, I disagree that it's not it's not an issue with their health. Their health is perfect. The only thing, the only difference is they just cannot have a child. Um, it's issue. not they're That's suffering from. They're not going to die from not having a child. You're listening to Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan with Recruit.ie. Download our job search app today. Search for Recruit.ie in your smartphone app store. Ireland's classic hits radio. Tina, what's the point you're going to make? Not every woman has the privilege to be able to have a child. Yeah. And I've heard enough stories about people like pumping every single sense they have into IVF, they're craving their own child that badly. Mm. Women that want to have abortions do not want to carry the child to full term, full stop. So that adoption thing is a load of rubbish. The reason why she goes for an abortion in the first place is because whatever reason she doesn't want to have the baby, she also does not want to be pregnant. So she is not, no matter how much money you throw at her, is going to carry a baby full term to hand it over to someone else. That's not, that's not going to happen. No, not, so not unless you go. Well, not unless you're going to pay her to surrogate, you know, and, and that's going to cost which, equally which as much an money. For her, because if she wanted to be a surrogate, she would have thought of that before abortion. Mm. There could be circumstances about parents, about the partner. She just doesn't want to be pregnant. You know, you know yourself. Yeah. But with IVF, it's different. It's a couple that they want their own flesh and blood. They want their own child, and they will borrow, steal, and beg for that money, to try every avenue to have their own child. So why not? It's a tax that I think would be worth paying and maybe scrap half the other stupid taxes that were being taxed on in this country. Yeah. No, like I, I, fags and drink and food and petrol and you, you know yourself. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I, I, know? I, I understand so. the point you're making. But what do you say to people who say, well, hold on, I'm a taxpayer. I pay money into the system. This is not life-threatening. It's not I like... I just said it. Yeah, but... but They're paying yeah. tax for every other thing without opening their mouths about it. Mm. Well, this would be a more worthwhile tax to pay. Right, okay. Well, you I, know? Well, wait there a second. Let me go to Eileen as well. Eileen, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Eileen. Is this a good... Is it a good deal for the taxpayer? No, I think, I think it's a good idea. I definitely think it's a good idea because, mm. like, at the end of the day, we pay tax... And it goes on, basically goes into the bleeding government's pocket, really, into doesn't a hole, it? Most yeah. of it. <laughs> into a hole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why not give life to somebody, you know, and mm. eventually then they'll be working and paying their tax, you know? So I don't, I think it's a great idea. I is, think there's a is, lot of couples out there that can't afford IVF. You know, as much as they struggle and they really want children, I just think that it's a really, really good idea. And do you think having a baby, particularly for a woman, is that a right? Do you believe it's a right to have yeah, a baby? Yeah, 100%. I mm. really do. 
Mm. I honest God, I I have five children, and I'm not joking. I wouldn't be without one of them, and even having the fourth child, it's the most precious gift a know. woman can give. Yeah, I I had th- really I had three children, but I personally didn't have them. But with three children, and I have to no, be honest, I, know. I, you know, I can't imagine having five. I'd say it'd be madness. <laughs> but it's it's just a gift of life. It's just you know to give somebody a gift of life is yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Like you know, and I don't think money should even factor into things like that. I really don't. I, th- I think if, if you're giving the gift of life to somebody, here, it's here. the most precious, precious thing you could do in the whole world. And, yeah. you know... And that's kind of five taxpayers, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That's, you know, five... You know what? I, really, at the end of the day, Niall, money, I think there's so much... I know we all need to live off money, but you know what? You know, I think there's more to life than money. It's just a number, yeah, give I life, yeah. Give somebody the chance to have... To give, a, give life, you know, to someone, to, to a child is just... It's it's priceless. You just couldn't put a figure yeah. on it. Tina, by the way, do you believe having a baby is a right, Tina? I do. I mean, if we revert back to day one, right? Back yeah. to God. And I'm not religious. I can't lie. But what did God say? Go forward and procreate. Build multiply. The world and multiply. It. Yeah. Multiply. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, and like back then, it was a lot simpler because there was barter. There was no greed. Somewhere down along yeah. the chain, Poison and evil and greed came into the situation, and I don't think that this should be up even for debate. Well, it is up. It's a good thing. Hundred percent, I agree with you. Hundred percent. But, but yeah, like hello, two women standing together who have eleven children between them. Those eleven yeah. children, as that beautiful lady said there, and I agree with everything she said. They are going to go into the workforce. They are going to be paying taxes. And wouldn't it be a beautiful thing that one of these babies paying taxes could have been a beautiful miracle IVF baby that's going to pay back exactly. society anyway? Mm. And you know you as know? well, one of these babies could also be a donor yeah. in years to come and give life. You or don't a, say or somebody else's life birth. Exactly. Or yeah. be president of the country. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Or a be. DJ like Niall Boylan. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> talk show host. Some call me a DJ. <laughs> uh, Would you like me to call you, Niall? <laughs> <laughs> Radio presenter. Yeah. Call me at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> call, me, call me anything you like. What uniform would you prefer? <laughs> you, you, you sound like you have a full house, Tina, in the background there, an audience. I have my daughter, Tracy, my daughter, Grace, and her beautiful friend, Tess. Right, okay. And so do they just... do they all agree with it as well, by the way? I don't know how old they are. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Now, do you hear that? There you go, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, does my dog agree with it? Your, your dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we all can't be wrong at the end of the okay, day. Okay, well, well, hang on. Let me go to Ashling as well. Ashling, hi. How are you? Hi. Um, Even Eileen's dog agrees with it. But go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I would agree with the IVF for any woman that needs it. Um, my partner and I, we've been together 20 years. Mm. And I'm now too old to have a child of my own. Because when I was younger, and I still I still do today, I had a mental health disorder called borderline personality disorder. We were waiting for me to get a bit older and a bit yeah. older uh, uh, to see if the medication would lessen or lessen, but it hasn't. Okay. And now I'm 45. I don't meet the criteria for the Irish IVF. So there are clinics abroad that we're thinking of going to, like Spain... Well, I, th- I think the clinics in Ireland, by the way, will accept you over 41. Clinics in Ireland, once you're paying for it, they'll accept you. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, in Ireland. No, it's only it's only through the public system it'll be 41. But you can go to any clinic in Ireland, IVF clinic, and I don't think they take age into consideration. It's your money. They don't. They don't abroad, un- unless, mm. of course, you're around 50, 52, 53. Yeah, yeah. Then they kind of call a halt to it. 
Yeah. Well, I think there is a. I think there has to be some cutoff point where you say to yourself, "This is a bit silly." <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the, yeah. Well, yeah. My doctor in the rotunda said to me, 47, 48 is the cutoff point for people." He yeah. said that's what his opinion on it was. Well, it would be the thing about barbending else is a huge danger to a woman to get pregnant over that age, anyway. You know, so that's I suppose you know, and you have to be healthy as well. But okay, in relation to, to couples who want to have IVF, you think this is a good idea and is a good spend for the taxpayers' money? Absolutely, because these children are going to be part of Irish society just like other children that are conceived up against the, the wall of a place when their parents were drunk or, you know, or, you know, if their parents are well off. Mm-hmm. You know, all these children, they'll all be starting school the same day, learning the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. We've got a very inclusive uh, society now. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody is included. Whereas in the past, you know, if you didn't meet the norm, you were kind of, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is a bit slow or whatever, and we kind of leave him behind. Yeah, I get but you. But yeah. IVF, they nitpick the parents, you know, the donors that are going to make that baby. So the chances are that baby is going to be more affluent, um, better looking, um, healthy, you know, no serious conditions. Because yeah. that's how they choose the the ones that we've been looking at abroad. Yeah. Nobody's allowed to have any health conditions whatsoever. And if they are, they can't donate. Yeah, no, I, no, I do get it. You know, and, But I am still seeing texts from some people suggesting that, Niall, it's women on the air you have agreeing with this. But I guarantee you most men would disagree with it. Um, well, I, well I, that's fairly logical, Niall, I suppose. Put it to the men, love. Put it to the men. How did the men come into the world? Mm. Hello. Yeah, well, now, yeah, well, they all had mothers as well, by the way. Through a woman. Yeah. So let them all beep off. Well, Hello. well, okay, well, hang on. I wanted to just bring Ivan in on this as well. Ivan, hi, how are you? I'm not too bad, I know. Good. Ivan, I mean, you've listened to Ashling, you know, who would have liked to have a child, but her time wasn't right. Unfortunately, now she's 45, so time's moving on. But she believes that women should get it for free if they need it. I think so. I agree with that. Like, my, my attitude is, if you're walking... You're paying tax and stamp into the state. You can you can you can afford to look after that child. I don't see why you shouldn't be able to get it through your taxation. You should be able to go in and get IVF mm-hmm. if you can prove that you're working for it. What okay. happens if you're not working? Getting, what happens if you're not working? Well, if you're not working, you can't afford to look after yourself. Well, then you shouldn't. We already have enough burden in the state where people go to have six, seven kids. So, so what you're saying to me is it should be means tested. I think it should be, yeah. I think, like, but this way, if you're walking your ass off, like 90% of the people there, you've been taxed to the hilt, left, right, and centre. And if you've got a family or a couple that has a big mortgage on the neck or paying high rent, they're both walking, but they both can't afford the AVS, well, then the state should step in and help out. But what you're saying to me is, and you're agreeing that the state should help out, and you're agreeing with the IVF women, but what you're saying is it's not for the unemployed or for the people on low income who can't afford to raise the child. So, in other words, what you're saying to me is that it should be means tested. In other but words, but once, you, once, you, if, yeah. once you can if, prove if, you can if, raise if a child. The state, if you're expecting the taxpayer to look after your kids financially, well, then no. It, well, well, okay. Well, hang on. Tina, is that fair? Um, we're looking after thousands and th- we're giving migrants two hundred and twenty quid a week to come into this country. I don't Hello. agree. I don't. I don't agree with that. That's either. a whole other show. Every but go on. Every day of the week. Yeah, but that's another another, another show, Tina. Another no, show. I don't. I mean that with the utmost of respect. 
I know, I'm just no, saying. No, 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 I, I, want, no and I, I agree with you. I don't, like, we're paying 30 million over the No, I'm not disagreeing with you either. 220 quid per person, per no, thousand. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I no. don't, look, I'm not disagreeing with you. My attitude now oh, is, no, right, people come off the, the people that come off the boat in the plains of this country, right? People in Ukraine. They're coming no, from I'm not about you, country, Ivan. Right? I'm on about no, no. the government, okay, not you at all. Yeah, I, yes, this, this is my point about the government. Yeah. We're kind of getting screwed over in this country. Yes. No matter what way you turn, if it's not the price exactly. of your food, it's the price of your diesel. If not your electricity, it's something else. Your clients get screwed over. But if you're both working, and you have a big bill around your neck, it's like a mortgage, rent, you vote going, but you're both working, you can prove that you're both working, you're paying tax and stamp into the state. Well, then the state should step in and give it the idea. If you're and implied, as well, does anyone you're, know uh, the percentage of people who are looking for the IVF? I guarantee you the percentage wouldn't even be that high. Oh, it doesn't you know? make a difference as a percentage. You're paying in, you're paying enough into the state. There's enough money squandered elsewhere. Ashling, would you agree with that, that it, to, to get this IVF, you have to be working or you have to have a minimum income? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't think the, don't Oh, hang on, Ivan, hang on, Ivan. On something like this. Sorry, Ashling? I don't think that's fair. Okay. It shouldn't be means tested on IVF. That we should be scrapping that. Well, but, but I suppose the point Ivan is making is, what's the point to stay paying for you to, you know, have a baby when you can't afford to raise it? That's again, my point. Why is the state paying for migrants when we can't afford to? Fucking okay, but pay our Tina, own? Does, stop with the what aboutery. I'm only asking Ashling a question. But no, I understand that. But it's a passionate debate, and like no, no, I know. But you're what you're doing. One fact, but you're doing the what aboutery. The, the what aboutery. You know what I mean? What about this? What about that? What about? Yeah, well, it's just and we, and we do we do cover all those other topics too. And and there is massive wastes of money in this country when it comes to everything. But actually, sorry, getting back to what you said, why do you think it would be unfair to exclude people who are on lower income or not working? Because they can be infertile too. Well, they can. You don't need millions to raise a child. Well, you need 180,000 up to the age of 18, roughly. A lot of people get there before that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But that's the kind of cost, roughly, they believe to raise a child now. As up to the age of 18, it's 180 grand. He's wearing the rare them. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a lot. It's about 10 grand a year for a child. That's roughly... They're not shopping in Aldi anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not shopping in Aldi. But it, but it is roughly about 10 grand a year to raise a child. That's what you need to have spare. If you're thinking about having a child, you need to have 10 grand spare roughly a year because that's what they're going to cost you. Even from baby age, nappies, everything else, 10 grand. Do you hear this, Tracy? How much money you owe me? <laughs> Your kids will pay it back to you. But Ivan, you know, I, I, I understand the point you're making. Some people are going to say that's discrimination. You know, you can't do that. People, as Ashling said, who are, are unemployed happy. can be infertile as well. No, but there's always someone going to be happy. If you're unemployed, look, and you can't you can afford to look after yourself and the state's picking up the bill already, why should we pay for someone else to on that bill? Now, mm. if you're working, and even if you're working on your low income, and you're on social housing, and you're on a low income job, you're paying tax into the state, you're contributing, the state should give you something back. We have enough people to come into this country in freeload. We have enough people at the moment that bill like 30 million a week for paying out the people that never contribute. Well, it's probably more than that, to be honest with you. Anyway, listen, thank you very much indeed, Ashing, Ivan, Tina, and everybody else who got involved in that conversation. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.